since I, uh, it's been a while since we played the intro and just let it, <laughs> let it rock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another, another episode of the I Got Sense podcast. And today, yes, sir. today, what are we talking about today, Shy? Uh, we still be talking about understanding the differences between uh, partnerships and ownership. Yes, sir. Scrappy like that one. Scrappy like that one. Scrappy like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Man. You guys heard it right. We are talking about partnerships versus ownership. And this conversation sparked from our last uh, podcast episode. Off, well, I should say off mic. Shine and I were talking a little bit about what's been going on in pop culture over the last month between basketball and the hip hop industry. You know, you got uh, Kanye West going on his uh, campaign for something. I don't even know how you really describe what he's been talking about. Um, and then you got Kyrie Irving sharing his opinions while working as an employee for a National Basketball Association. So, that's kind of the mm-hmm. premise of today's conversation. But I figure, shoot, we might as well just dive right in and shy. So what you what do you what do you think about what's I guess we could start with Kanye West. What do you think about that scenario and how he's going about everything he's done over the last month? Uh, well, you know, um when I when I think about his situation Mm-hmm. I oftentimes think about uh, people that uh, get intoxicated off of money or power. Mm-hmm. And, and typically when you get uh, to that level, you're probably the last one to notice that you're too close to the edge. And so mm-hmm. I think you've been pushing the envelope um, and doing everything you can because I do consider him like a, a marketing genius. He's always been able to keep himself and his name in the forefront. Um, uh, he's uh, done a whole lot to uh, build up his wealth and his brand. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that he was continuing to do the same thing and uh, push the envelope. And I think he just pushed a little bit too far and he went a step farther than he should have. And uh, he's in a free fall right now. Mm. That's pretty much what I think. Yeah, it sounds to me like how you explain that is basically there's a there's a thin line between inbounds and out of bounds, and right now he's far beyond the out of bounds line, and he doesn't have very many people in his corner to reel him back in as a result of his status and his success financially. Well, I'm not even sure if he realizes he needs to be uh, reeled back in. <laughs> 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 I think that's kind of what the problem is. Uh, like I said, uh, he's uh, he's been around for uh, at least ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, he um, everything he's done, everything he's touched prior to right now, it turned to gold for him. He, it was like he had the modest touch. Um, all the relationships he's built, um, all the music he's created. Um, um, everything that he's done, it has always elevated him a little bit higher. And I think in his latest uh, situation here, um, he was trying to elevate himself once again. And, uh, you know, the powers that be, um, those uh, 
uh, hip hop gods pretty much said, no, not this time, but it's not going to happen for you. <laughs> so what do you think as far as him sharing these things that he's been sharing? Uh, what do they call them? Uh, Anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic. Uh, ter- uh, what, what's the proper way to address what he's been doing? Anti-Semitic. <clears throat> yeah, so his anti-Semitic statements. Do you believe that because he's been a partner with companies, he's been losing his stake in those uh, opportunities? Uh, do you think it would be different if he actually owned something like a Gap or something like an Adidas or his own individual company and, and he was still talking like this? Do you think there would be uh, a similar impact financially for him? I really don't think that it would be a, a similar impact if he had uh, much more of an ownership stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that, that if you want to talk about thin lines or walking on thin ice, um, you know, he was one of the first ones to claim that he was a, a hip-hop billionaire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was his uh, net worth. Um, in total, he was probably worth more than a billion with all his partnerships and all the deals and collaborations that he had in place. Um, and, and that's that, like you said, that's what kind of sparked us to do this episode to talk about, you know, you have to understand when you are truly an owner um, versus when you're just a partner dealing with someone who has a whole lot more power. And I oftentimes tell people that, you know, when you get to the point where you're signing the front of the check because you issue out money, then that's when you're in an ownership position right there. Um, but if you're still receiving checks and signing the back of them to deposit them in your bank account, you're not really that, that owner that you think you are. You're more so like a partner right. that does uh, affiliation with the owner. And I think that's where uh, Kanye is. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have come to his defense um, and basically say that, oh, that man is uh, worth a billion dollars. Or even after all of this here, he's still worth $400 uh, million. And um, I say, okay, uh, I can agree with that. But at the end of the day, he had partnerships with big-time owners. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we forget to take a look at the big picture. And, 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 and he owns a business now. He has his own ownership, too. But within his own ownership, he has an environment and he has people around him and he's the richest guy in the room. Um, but I've often told clients a whole lot of times, just because you're the richest guy in the room, it doesn't mean you're the smartest guy in the room. Right. And I, I, I think that's where he's kind of lost his way because he already considers considered himself black Jesus. And, you know, I think that's where he formed the the name he from at one point in time, he was calling himself Jesus. Um, but, uh, he, um, he, um, gets most of his money from business to business relationships where he's went out and set up his own company and he has people that work for him. But at the end of the day, he still takes an end product and delivered it to the owner that he worked for. Mm hmm. And that's the difference. He doesn't have a product that you and me go directly to and 
purchase and then the money goes straight into his pocket. Right. He creates he creates a brand, he creates a value, he has an end product, his music to uh, creative designs for shoes and all these types of things. But he's doing that as an affiliate and a representative of other big brands. And those other big brands are the brands that actually have the infrastructure. He doesn't have that kind of infrastructure to where he can pretty much say, um, you can't control me and I'm going to do what I want to do. We all get kind of There's very few of us that uh, don't have to ask for no one else. Um, but Kanye still has to answer to all those people that he does business with, you know, Gap, uh, rest of them, Adidas, um, all the different uh, partnerships and collaborations we have, those endorsements. He has to answer to those people. And when his actions and his words um, cause controversy to those people and those people start losing money or those people start losing customers or they have a, uh, patrons that are not happy with what Kanye is doing, then Kanye is going to have to answer to those folks. And I think that's where he's kind of lost his way, not understanding that he still has to answer to somebody else. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I believe that, <clears throat> I believe that we all do have the right to free speech but I do also believe in accountability and that although you can say what you want, uh, you do have to be held accountable for the things that you say, whether you believe them to be true or not. And in Kanye West's case, uh, when it comes to the business side of things, the fact that he's lost so many uh, partnerships just goes to show that, hey, you know, ownership does go a long way. When you when you own the building, you can make the rules and you can say what you want to a certain extent. But when you don't, you have to abide by the rules of the empire that you're partnering with or the empire that you're working for. Uh, And I think this is a prime example of us seeing that unfold in real time, Um, similar to the Kyrie Irving scenario. And you actually shed some light on that with me um, because I was a little uh, confused. I was like, I don't see the harm in him sharing a, a movie that is about that's informational, educational on a public platform. Uh, but you made mm-hmm. a good point. You, you you made a good point. You said something along the lines of, well, he's not just an everyday employee. Excuse me. <clears throat> he's not just your average employee going to clock in and clock out. He's a public figure that represents a brand. And not only is he a public figure under that brand, he's a notable figure under that brand. So the spotlight is on him and anything he does will be a reflection of the brand he works for. So, um, exactly. Yeah. And that goes back to that saying, uh, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm -hmm. So if you're a public figure, if you're a celebrity, if you're an athlete, um, that automatically puts you at a higher level where you have a much bigger platform. And because you have that much bigger platform, your voice and your message carries much, much farther. And so Kyrie, um, his voice carries too far for him to um, feel that he can say and do what he wants and then not have to answer to the folks that write his check for him every week. Right. And that's the unfortunate part about it. It's like, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line between what you can say as an athlete versus what you can't say? And then if you say the things that you can't say, 
Um, I guess you really can't complain when the <laughs> when there's uh, repercussions or consequences for what you said, whether <laughs> the thing you're saying is good or bad. I mean, we've seen that happen with Colin Kaepernick and what he represented. And unfortunately, uh, although it was a good cause, he was out of a job for the employer and people were in uproar about it. But mm-hmm. the unfortunate real part is when you own the building, you make the rules in the building. If you don't like working for the building that's got these rules in place, you don't have to. Nobody's forcing you to. You can go work for someone else. But if you're going to work here, you got to kind of follow the follow the way of the land. <clears throat> right, and that's a, that's a great example and a point you make about Colin Kaepernick because he felt that he could, even in silence, make a statement on Sunday during his football game on national television. Yeah. And he felt that he has the right and the freedom to do that. And I would say more than half the culture believe the same thing. Absolutely. That there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, Colin Kaepernick doesn't own the uh, television network. He doesn't own the football team he's playing on. And he definitely um, does not own the NFL. He's just an independent contractor that works for an NFL that uh, plays games that is broadcast on television. So even in your silence, because when this first started, no one really paid any attention to him until the media brought it to the uh, to everyone's attention that hey, this guy is over in the background kneeling um, in protest of police brutality. Man. And then once all of that light was shed on that, um, it was taken out of context. Like you said, it was uh, definitely. Uh, for a very big cause that most uh, people of color believe in um, because we all live with uh, different sets of rules by, uh, you know, uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the laws that the government sets for us to abide by. Um, they're definitely uh, uh, to our disadvantage. So great cause, but at the end of the day, uh, those people employ you and they say you at work on our clock. You're not on your own clock. Right. And you don't stand up. And you gonna respect the uh, you know national anthem when it's played, and uh, he made a hard line in the sand, and ultimately they blackballed him and pushed him out of professional football. And he he had that huge falling behind him, arguing about First Amendment rights. And and, and one of the first things that I always point out to, especially um, Savy D, my son, a lot of other younger folks and those that are a little bit more disenfranchised with, you know, just American society in general is that the First Amendment rights only grants you freedom of the, uh, freedom of speech without fear or repercussion from the federal government. It does not protect you from consequences from your employers, from your partners, uh, from anyone that you do business with to earn money. If they do not agree with your... Um, um, free speech that you decide to make, they can cut ties with you. And it's not a whole lot you can do about that. So it sounds like in the, in today's day and age, in the year 2022, going on 2023, that if you decide to stand for something, which I believe every man should stand for something, because if you don't, you'll fall for anything. But understand that if you take a stance towards a company, an organization, a business, that there's consequences mm-hmm. So make sure you evaluate your risk assessment 
and make sure you have a plan of action should you be terminated or should uh, something negative come about um, uh, as a result of you taking that stance. <clears throat> but I think we're uh, kind of comparing apples to oranges, bananas when we use those three examples of like Colin Kaepernick versus Kanye West. Those are two total different extremes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Kanye, uh, arguably so, Colin Kaepernick was representing something. Uh, Kanye West is, seems like he's representing his own agenda for him and not so much for the freedom of people or freedom of a people. Whereas Colin Kaepernick was truly like fighting for more than just himself by making that. Yeah, well, see, I, yeah, I think the difference is uh, Colin Kaepernick, like you said, he had a genuine call mm-hmm. um, for a greater good. Uh, whereas Kanye, I think he was just uh, in his uh, mode of exercising his uh, digital marketing genius and doing <laughs> something a little bit more controversy to continue his brand and to keep his name out at the forefront. Um, I think him and uh, Kanye and Kyrie, both of them, I think more so than anything, they are promoting, you know, it's, it's, it's self-promotion what they're doing that got them caught up into this situation. Whereas Colin Kaepernick, he was uh, really promoting a genuine cause for a much greater good. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, shoot, folks, we didn't, so we didn't come here today to spend a whole hour and some change talking about these individuals, but we did want to use them as examples to add context for today's topic, which is partnerships versus ownerships versus ownership. So on that note, as far as the average person goes, our people, mm-hmm. Shai, how can we empower our people with the knowledge of understanding the difference between partnerships and ownership? Well, uh, I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit, Andre, already. Mm -hmm. I really think that each and every one of us has to understand there are very few people on this here planet that are true, legitimate business owners with the infrastructure to do what they want, when they want, without having to answer to anyone. We have a few of them in our culture. We have uh, Oprah. Uh, we have uh, Michael Jordan. We have uh, uh, Bob Johnson, the original owner of BET. Um, who else do we have? We have Robert Smith, the uh, founding owner of a private equity firm of Vista Capital. That, that's the brother that paid off uh, everyone's uh, uh, tuition at Morehouse in the class of uh, 2019 or 2020. Oh, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, so we do have a few black folks out there, but you can name them on one hand. Yeah. Um, the rest maybe two. of us, the rest two. of us, huh? <laughs> I said maybe Say two. Again? I was okay, saying. yeah, maybe both hands. <laughs> maybe we, we need to use all ten fingers. Right. But generally speaking, um, for the most part, especially in black culture, um, uh, with the onset of hip hop and everything, um, most of us are still in a situation where uh, either we work for somebody else or we've built ourselves up to a point where we've been able to start our own businesses and employ other people and reach back and bring other people along with us. But at the end of the day, we still create a product or a service that's more so business to business, Mm -hmm. meaning that whatever uh, product that we crank out, we still have to turn around and resell that to the real true owners, the owners that have the infrastructure. 
most of us uh, in everyday life and most of the entertainers and actors and athletes, we have uh, specialized skill sets um, and talents um, that can generate an output, but then that output is uh, sold um, to the rest of the world through the real true infrastructure. So professional athletes, they have to make it on a professional team and make their money that way, but they still um, receive checks from the owners of those teams, and that's how they make their money. Um, you know, in the hip-hop culture and in the music industry, you still have the Jay-Z's, you have the uh, 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 Diddy's and the Dr. Dre's and the Kanye's and the 50s, but at the end of the day, even though they create their record labels or they they created their music brands or uh, however you want to put it, um, they create an output that in turn they have to turn around and give to the big boys, and the big boys distribute and sell that back to us um, in the public to consume. So none of them guys, even though uh, we can talk about, uh, you know, Diddy and Jay-Z and, and uh, uh, 50 and Kanye, um, who's amassed all this money, um, at the end of the day, if they uh, rub the people that uh, they rely on to make their money the wrong way, then, you know, they can hit the switch on you and uh, call it quits uh, at a moment's notice. And that's what we saw happen to Tanya. He decided to say something. He didn't want to back it down. And the folks that he partnered with and do business with and rely on to make his money, they pulled the plug on him. And you saw his uh, uh, supposedly more than billion-dollar net worth plummet down to less than $400 million, uh, almost within a matter of three days. Now, there's a few things you mentioned here that I want to just kind of echo. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, again, was infrastructure. And through the infrastructure, I heard you say something along the lines of influence and having uh, power over people. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you elaborate on the influence part that uh, owners have, whether that be in society yeah. or whether that be in the day-to-day lives of everyday people? What sort of influence do well, you have? Well, where, where, where the true owners are, is that that's at the top 1%. Mm-hmm. Those those folks who, who control and dictate everything. Um, so when you're a billionaire and you own an NFL franchise, uh, or you, um, you know, you're a Jeff Bezos and you own Amazon, or Bill Gates and you own Microsoft Office, and I can go on and on and list a plethora of individuals that are in that 1%. Those are the ones that truly make the rules. They have direct access um, to uh, um, all our political leaders, including the president, um, and they use their influence to um, um, tilt the laws at the federal level uh, in the direction that's going to benefit them so that they can remain um, in power and in that 1%. So they have a direct influence over the politicians, and the politicians are the ones that, actually uh, create legislation to make laws, to make policies. Um, they uh, have the uh, Congress uh, uh, influence on how they distribute money down um, from the federal to the state to the local government. Um, they even have influence over the SEC um, and the FIDC uh, folks uh, that uh, govern all our banking systems. So those people that have the infrastructure, they control and dictate everything in our capitalistic society here in not only the United States, but, you know, around the world. And then once they have that influence at that federal level, 
all of that influence then still trickles down at the state level where you have the states making their own laws. Take a look at the whole um, scenario about uh, which states legalize marijuana. Um, those top 1% are the ones that have influence over that. Uh, when you uh, take a look at how is it that the, the kid that's white, he can rape eight people and he can uh, get in a high-speed chase and go into jail and shoot up 50 people, and then he get out with probation. And then you take the one black or Latino kid that uh, uh, got drunk and kissed a girl at a party, he ends up getting 20 years. You know, that type of influence comes from that infrastructure that is built by the true owners that kind of dictate and set the tone for everything all the way down to the city level where you get business license and permit. Um, you have influence over whether a new area uh, gets zoned so that you can do retail business there or whether you can have a manufacturing job there or whether it's going to be a residential area. Those top people that have the infrastructure, they control and dictate all of that stuff. And we, as a, a race of people and people of color, we do not have any influence over that at all except for a few symbolic uh, positions in our federal, state, and local government. So um, when I talk about ownership and infrastructure, I'm talking about the Jerry Jones of the world that can say, hey, I don't like the way Texas is going right now. Um, I want to move the Dallas Cowboys all the way over to uh, maybe uh, we're going to move them to Tennessee now. And but he, he can pick up the phone and call the governor of Tennessee and say, if I move my Cowboys out there, um, how many, how much of a tax break are you going to give me? Because I'm going to be bringing 1,800 jobs along with me, and I'm going to impact your economy by about $50 million a year. So um, let's sit down and work the deal out. That's the kind of infrastructure that I'm talking about that us black folks, we do not have any input in that type of stuff at all. And that's why when you have something controversial that comes up, we're kind of like um, the first ones to get through out uh, into the mud and uh, on our backside. So what I'm hearing is not only the infrastructure is important, but it's the leverage that you have once you have this infrastructure built. It's the being able to leverage the resources, being able to leverage the opportunities that you create with this infrastructure to negotiate. Absolutely. It's like the simplest form of negotiation. <laughs> what Absolutely. value do you bring and how much value do you bring and how valuable is this yeah. value to you? Okay. Well, here's what I want in exchange. If I'm going to bring this value to you, can you Absolutely. Elon Musk and, Yeah. You remember Elon Musk and like the way they were treating him and Tesla in uh, California up in Silicon Valley. Well, in the San Jose area, mm-hmm. um, guess what he did? He packed up and relocated them to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and Texas said, "Hey, welcome on out here, guys. Come on in. Here's the key to the city. You make the rules. You do what you want, sir. Because we really appreciate you bringing these jobs here and uh, impacting us the way you're going to impact us financially. And at the end of the day, money talks. Absolutely. This is a society of capitalism, and I know we've said that on plenty of other episodes. So for those of y'all just tuning yeah. in, understand." Money talks. Money is power. Capital. Capital is a huge resource in this economy. Yeah. And remember those people that we're, these people we're talking about, Andre, they sign the front of checks. 
That means when they issue a check, whether it's paper, direct deposit, it's their signature that goes down in that lower right-hand corner. Those are the real owners right there. And we, as a, a race of people, we have to understand that if we're not in that position yet, we still have a boss to answer to, whether we consider ourselves an employee, whether we consider ourselves an employer or an owner or CEO or whatever we want to call ourselves. If we still have other people issuing us checks that they sign on the front and then we have to flip over and sign on the back and get a deposit into our, our account, then we, we just have, we're partners. We have partnerships and we're affiliated with those owners and we still have to answer to those folks. So let's 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 dive into that partnership role a little more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what, 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 what? I have a question for you on the on the on the topic of partnership. Okay. Now, ownership sounds like top one percent power moves. Now, as a partnership mm-hmm. or a person operating in partnerships, what sort of power do you have there? What sort of uh, resources do you have? Well, see, this, 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 is, this is what makes America the greatest country in the world, at least. So, but this is how I feel. This is what makes this the number one destination for people that are not here um, trying to get to. Um, despite all the racism and discrimination and the history of this country, even against us black people who were oppressed and enslaved for over 400 years, 260 years here in the United States, Nowadays, in 2022, and since about the mid to late 1970s, you still have an opportunity here to wake up, look around, and make personal choices and decisions to decide the way you want to navigate your life and be in this here world. So most of us kind of fall under this umbrella of being partners um, and being able to go out and start our own small businesses and growing those small businesses and maybe mid-sized businesses, mm-hmm. even um, getting to a point where we can, uh, you know, uh, announce the IPO and go public and be listed on one of the stock markets and really, really enrich ourselves, kind of like uh, a Robert Johnson, the owner of BT did. That's what makes this country so great. But when you're at that partnership level, um, you really don't truly have uh, the full infrastructure because you still don't really have a lot of influence at the federal and state level. Now, locally, if you have a nice business and you're growing and you're employing people, you can partner with your local city council. You might even get some favor from law enforcement and the mayor's office, but you don't have the true infrastructure to step off and start saying that, you know, you can tell anybody you want to F you I don't have to listen to you. You can't control me. Um, But you still have that opportunity to build and hope that you can continue to build and get yourself up into that 1%. And, and you you know, as a a partner um, that doesn't have that true infrastructure, you still can be an owner. You can still have the title of CEO. You can still have people employed um, by you. There are people that answer to you. And when you walk in the room, you are the man. You are the smartest person there um, as far as growing a business and getting to where you don't have to get up and punch nobody else's clock. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, 
if you still produce a product or a service, you and your employees, um, but that product and service is only value, valuable because you're doing business-to-business um, types of uh, 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 commerce where your product and service has to go to somebody bigger than you because those people bigger than you have that infrastructure. Uh, then, you know, you still have to answer those people that you uh, rely on to do that. I think even we're going back to the hip-hop culture, um, that, that's what made Master P stand out from just about everybody else in the hip-hop industry. He was the very first artist to say that, um, you know what, uh, I know I got talent and I know I got skills and I got a product that the people like, but I'm not going to sign my rights away um, just because I need you to distribute my product across the country. I'd rather just hustle and sell it out of the back of my truck and go from block to block and town to town and then city to city and then migrate over into the next state um, and make my money that way. Um, uh, so I, I, that, that's, a, that's a classic example of somebody who goes against the grain that maybe a partner that wants a partnership with the person that has the infrastructure, um, but they were not willing to sign all their rights away so that they would have to answer to that, that bigger distributor. He said, I'm going to do it the other way around. I'll do it brick by brick instead of you giving me one lump sum check. And now everything I do is not only controlled by you, but I have to get reviewed by you and approved uh, by you uh, um, for everything that I decide to do going forward because you uh, cut me a big check and now you're my boss. So, so when you're down at that partnership level, you don't have the infrastructure to where you don't need nobody else to continue to grow your enterprise and make your money. You still have to take your product or service and pass it on to someone else. And you find uh, business-to-business services like this in the aerospace industry, uh, in the uh, healthcare industry, um, in the uh, agriculture industry. Um, these are what record labels do. These, this is what music artists do. That's why Prince, a lot of people don't even understand that's why Prince uh, went to uh, uh, refer to himself as an artist formerly known as Prince because he signed away um, all his rights um, to, um, what's the record label he was with? Uh, okay, was that Universal Studios? Uh, I think it was Universal Records. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I'd have to look that so, up. Yeah, he signed checks. all his rights. Yeah, he signed all his rights away from them. So they had control over all his music. And he's like, you know what? I, I don't want to do that no more because you're giving me a fair you're not giving me a fair deal. So I'm no longer gonna consider myself Prince anymore because you even own the rights to the word Prince. I'm gonna just be the artist that was formerly known as Prince and I'm gonna recreate everything I did up until this point again. You can't stop me from redoing something that I have a copyright on. Um and then I'm gonna just redo it under a whole new brand. Um, as an artist formerly known as Prince, and then I'll get to it that way. But he kind of learned that even Prince was uh, in one of those scenarios that we're talking about uh, now where you're just a partner that has to rely on a bigger company and conglomerate that truly has the infrastructure to get your music out to the rest of the world. So let me ask you this, Sean. Uh-huh. Sorry to cut you off. But I'm, no. I'm, I'm just sitting here hearing what you're saying and processing it. And I have a question. How do you go from being a partner 
to transferring or elevating to being an owner and having that built in well, infrastructure? You have to you have to be strategic and you have to do it brick by brick and you have to really take all your proceeds, most of your proceeds, instead of you um, using it for consumption and putting yourself up on the mountaintop to show everyone that you're the king within your circle. You have to take all those resources and keep reinvesting in yourself. And I think right now at the forefront, if we take a look at someone like a Tyler Perry, who mm-hmm. started off just doing plays in little small community uh, neighborhoods and cafeterias to moving up to theaters and major cities. And then all of a sudden he uh, ended up getting uh, his first opportunity uh, to uh, do a, a, a movie. And then his proceeds from that first movie, he started using that to start doing his own production. So he started producing um, I don't remember the name of his first television show um, that he started doing, but he started producing his own television shows and doing them 20 shows at a time and then packaging them. And then he went to Oprah and said, hey, I want to sell you a whole season of this here sitcom right here. And when he got money for that, he took that money and put it back into himself, and then he did the next sitcom. And now uh, doesn't he have about seven different sitcoms He's, uh, uh, he's dang uh, near doing all the content on BET at this point. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing all of, he's doing all the content on most of the black um, television cable networks. And the whole while all that was happening, he was putting his money back into it. And he went down to Georgia. Um, and like he said, at one of the war shows, why all the other black folks was marching and protesting and yelling and screaming and fighting for a seat at the table. He went down to Georgia and said, I'm going to be at my own goddamn table. And and he bought the uh, old military boat uh, post down there, Fort McPherson. And now he has a huge um, production um, lot uh, where not only uh, he uses to produce all the shows where he makes uh, for uh, black networks and, 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 the, and the culture, but now you have uh, Hollywood and other uh, major networks um, that are renting and leasing um, studio space and lot space from him down in Georgia now. So Tyler Perry is the classic example. He's the epitome of how you go from being just a small-time uh, entrepreneur to moving yourself up to being self-employed and then starting your own little company. But each and every level he got to, he was putting all his money back into himself and growing and growing and growing it. And he was doing it strategically. You didn't hear him out there being controversial and trying to uh, be at the forefront of being a thought leader and, and proving that he was smarter than everyone else. And and, and to go back to uh, uh, Kanye and Kyrie, I think that's their biggest flaw. They're so hell-bent on trying to show everyone else that they're the smartest person in the room. They kind of get caught up into the politics of it. Uh, the political correctness of it. And, and like, I, I'll never forget what uh, Michael Jordan said back in the mid-1990s when um, uh, kids in black communities around the country were getting murdered and killed over his air uh, Jordan. And they asked him, why won't he come out and protest and take a stand and demand that Nike do something better? He simply said, because Republicans buy tennis shoes too. I'm trying to get my money. Right. And, you know, 
we've all turned our noses up at that, and we've all looked at it and said he's a sellout um, for the most part. But at the end of the day, um, I think Tyler Perry, I think Jay-Z, I think LeBron, they're doing the same thing because in their mind, they're conceptualizing that I can better serve not only my family and my legacy, but the entire culture and my people by being uh, uh, diplomatically and politically correct and making changes and making improvements and growing and expanding from from within the uh, big conglomerate of what we call capitalism instead of being that disgruntled um, black glove on the black fist raised up down with whitey on the outside. It sounds like they basically found their footing in a global economy. Mm-hmm. How they can contribute to to get a piece of the global economy. To get a yeah, piece of that absolutely. Pie. And I think if we start as business owners and then I mean this is eye opening to me. Um although I knew the for the general for the most part I knew the difference between ownership and partnership, but the way you break it down it's even got my 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 light bulb on and my <clears throat> brain kicking. I'm over here thinking of ways that, okay, shoot, I need to create some infrastructure because right now I have a business, but uh, the video production company doesn't have a storefront. It doesn't have any sort of brick and mortar. It doesn't have much infrastructure mm-hmm. outside of, Hey, we're B2B we're service. So technically we're in the partnership category. Yes. I'm yeah, an owner. However, it's under the umbrella of partnerships. So, Absolutely. Shoot, I'm over yeah, thinking right now, like, okay, how do what's what's my next steps look like to get to that ownership? Yeah, and Andre, even when you, every time you add a new contract or every time you um, add some new scope to a book of business that you already have, you got to rely on your uh, uh, local bank and, and and the people that issue you a credit card, right? Or uh, you you got to go in and get a loan to get that money up front to go out to uh, do all the things you need to do to uh, get the project completed. So you don't even have your own uh, internal, you don't have any control over the capital that you need to get these things done. You, you still have to rely on going back down uh, to some type of financial institution or some type of hard private money to get the capital you need to get up and going. And so when you're in that type of position there, you really still have to answer to someone else. Even though you're an entrepreneur and you get to get up when you want to and you get to take days off when you want to and you don't have to ask anyone else at all, but in the course of doing business and maintaining your livelihood and doing what you need to do to keep um, Cali, uh, your, uh, Cali Creations business uh, ongoing concerns going, you still got to get up and go down there and uh, answer to the folks at the bank answer to the people down at the equipment uh, uh, company, um, probably got to see it go down to um, City Hall and ask for them people to give you a commit to even shoot commercials and uh, be in a space down somewhere in Hollywood or wherever you're going to shoot them and stuff. So, um, yeah, you definitely, uh, uh, you can definitely make the argument that, uh, yeah, I'm a CEO and I got my own business and I do my own thing, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the infrastructure, you, you're still answering to a whole bunch of other people that can, their decisions, uh, yeah, they can decide whether or not you succeed or fail in what you're doing in your business. And it goes back to the point we were talking about earlier, leverage. 
what do put Absolutely. use me as an example what do i have to leverage if i were to go to a a mayor <laughs> what would make that meeting important to the mayor you know if i'm bringing right. in a hundred thousand jobs to the community and mm-hmm. you know paying these people exponential amount for it and then that's a lot of leverage but if yeah. i'm just showing up like hey I, you know i'm a business owner I got about five employees, <laughs> 10 employees. He's going to look at me like, okay, well, um, here's my calendar. <laughs> Pick a date three months yeah. later. He's not going to sit down with me right then and there. He might talk months down the line or he might not. But when you have that leverage, yeah, he's a, he's you know, you, you're someone yeah, who's important. You, yeah, his assistant will send you an email. There you go. Um, but like <laughs> you said, if, if you get, if you bring it in 100 employees, um, and you're going to create jobs and opportunities for the city to make a little bit of money too, then that, that zoning permit you need to block up, uh, you know, uh, La Cienega Boulevard for a half mile from uh, 6 a.m. to noon, uh, you ain't going to have no problem getting that when you got leverage. Right. Whether the leverage and is that, the and fact that's that you have employees so, or whether the leverage is the fact that you got capital. And I ain't talking Absolutely. just $100,000 capital. No, we talking about M's, B's, and and all of that. 100 Absolutely. M's, 100 B's, you know. Absolutely. And, 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 and Andre, this is not just, even though we're, we're using you as an example here um, and creating these different scenarios, this is the scenario that 99% of us are in. These are professional athletes, actors. Um, business professionals like me, I'm a licensed investment advisor and financial professional. Um, when I do brokerage deals and go out and buy stock or if I need to go out and get someone a million-dollar uh, life insurance, uh, set up an investment for them, uh, prepare their taxes, I still have to have a merchant account with uh, Santa Barbara uh, um, Bank of Business. Um, and they float each up to $250,000 to be able to um, take care of finances, take care of investment, and take care of uh, tax returns for individuals. I don't have that kind of money personally to be out there doing that stuff. So I'm an independent contractor. Uh, you can take a look at uh, television networks and cable companies. You can even take a look at franchises. Take a look at how you can go to one McDonald's, for example, and if they are a McDonald's franchise and a part of the big McDonald's uh, corporation, you can see clearly how much better and how much more efficient that McDonald's run than one of the McDonald's that they say is independently owned. Totally, you know, night and day. So, you know, um, all of us, 99% of us, even if we're entrepreneurs and business owners, um, we fall under this here same umbrella. Um, where we have to answer to somebody else because we're really just an apartment affiliated with somebody else that's a much bigger conglomerate that has the infrastructure to help us get our product from concept to manufacturing out to the end user um, to get our money for us. Does that make sense what I'm saying or am I just ramming off? Come on now. Yeah, I like that coin. When that coin <laughs> dropped, I mean the walking scent giver is in action. Yeah, so like, so I, I I would I would surmise everything that I've been rambling on about uh, Andre by saying that even Tyler Perry to this day, even with his big giant huge production um, studio um, in Atlanta, he's still just a part. 
Because when he creates all of that content, he still has to go to Oprah. He has to go to BT. He has to go to uh, TV One. Everywhere where his uh, sitcoms are played, he still has to go to those people that own those to get that content in front of our eyeballs on some type of screen. Um, when he makes movies, he doesn't. Uh, he's not a, a, a Universal Studios. He's not a, a Paramount Studios. He has to go to one of those big conglomerate studios to get those movies on the TV screen. So even Tyler Perry is still a partner. He's not um, a true owner with uh, the infrastructure in place to do everything himself without needing approval and permission from somebody else. That's facts. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice cracked. That's facts. Are you, are you still there? <laughs> are, you, are, you blown, are you blown away by, by me saying something uh, that sounds so extreme and absurd? No, I don't think it's extreme and absurd at all. I'm telling you, when I said my wheels are turning over here on how I can go from partnership to ownership based on how we defined it in this episode, my wheels have been turning. So if I'm quiet, it's because I'm hearing you and I'm also processing mm-hmm. and I'm also brainstorming at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and that's a good thing, Andre. And, and, and I think even if you hear a little bit of... Uh, criticism or skepticism in my boss or in my voice or uh, me uh, sounding like I'm kind of talking down on some of the names that we mentioned today, like a Kyrie or a Kanye. Um, I'm not doing that at all. I'm just basically the messenger here. Um, someone that's been around a long time and someone that kind of understands that just because you can say you're a true owner, just because you can put the title CEO on the end of your name. And just because um, you are the one that calls the shots and you control uh, who gets paid and who doesn't and how much they get paid in your own business structure, at the end of the day, if you have to rely on anybody else to get your product out to the end consumer, you're just a partner and an affiliate, and that's something that we have to understand and accept. And I think if we all can kind of see that a little bit more um, as a collective, I think uh, our entire uh, race of people and then culture itself would kind of progress along. Um, now, there are a lot of us, I mean, too many to count, too many to name over the last 100 years that have made great strides into getting to that position where they are part where they are in the field, where they have built their businesses. We've already named, you know, the JVs, the uh, Dr. Green, the Snoop Dogg, the Diddy's. Um, but even they understand that there are stipulations that come with being on a platform. Right. And being on a huge platform, you have to answer to somebody else, whether you consider your boss or yourself a boss or not. Um, you know, there are some universal stipulations um, that go along with us black folks when we get to that certain level. When we get so big and we have that platform and um, your name is known nationally and even internationally and you become an uh, 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 international icon, we still have stipulations. You know, uh, you, you know uh, the, the top five are um, you can't be the angry you can't be the angry black man under no circumstance. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can't misuse 
the company resources. And when I'm talking about company resources, I'm talking about can't be taking paper money. home and can't be yeah, facility backpack full of uh, <laughs> full of markers and pens for your children's Absolutely. first day of school and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can't do that. Can't, can't printing, go to school. Printing using ink on the company's dime. <laughs> yeah, using making five thousand flyers for the church picnic. Right. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> you know, you definitely you definitely can't sleep with your peers and your uh, subordinates. Uh, right. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Emmy uh, Uduko. Uh, oh, yeah. Emmy Uduko. Yeah, you know, even though you're single and you ain't committing no adultery or cheating on nobody, um, you slept with a subordinate within the organization. Right. Um, that's a no-no for us. I don't know about white folks, but us black folks, that's a no-no for us. We can't <laughs> sleep with the peers and the subordinates. Under no circumstances, it's inexcusable. Uh, you can't go into work uh, talking about how much you hate Trump and how much you love um, um, oh, Obama. You can't talk about, you know, you hate Republicans. You can't talk about political views when you're in the boardroom, when you work for a corporation. Um, you can't offend other groups of people um, when you have a, a partnership or whether you just employ you. You can't go in there and uh, start talking down to women and tell them to shut up and just go make the pot of coffee. Right. You can't down people about their religion. You definitely can't um, you know, start ridiculing the LGBTQ community. Ask Dave Chappelle. Uh, you can't, you can't uh, go in there and laugh and make um, little funny, uh, uh, seemingly uh, harmless jokes about somebody who's handicapped. You can't even uh, go in and uh, joke about somebody being a little bit chubby and overweight no more. These are like stipulations that come with um, having a huge enough platform to where you're um, a public figure, your name and your image and brand is known uh, nationwide. You just have to abide by those rules. And you see people do it all the time, even within the matter of minutes. Um, I think just this, uh, just this past weekend, uh, uh, someone was on a, a NBA broadcast and uh, they made a little funny joke about uh, somebody who got shook and twisted because somebody crossed them over and they fell down. And, I think it was Tim Hardaway. Uh-huh. Um, I think he said, oh, man, he made him look retarded or something to that effect. Man, three minutes later, he was on there, back on there on his knees, apologizing for it. Wow. He, he knew, oh, man, they fixed the book. They already they kept the... me loose <laughs> blackballed me for 20 years, and they just not let me back in, and I slipped up again. He, he, he immediately went to apology mode. <laughs> and that that that's just the way things are. When when you want to be a part of uh, uh, the powers that be, and if you want to be in the movement going forward, and you want to maintain your relationships and collaborations and partnerships with the people that truly um, have the infrastructure and they have the platforms to allow you to be in the public and to make absurd amounts of money doing what you love to do anyway that you do for free. You have to toe the line and follow them folks' rules. It's just that simple. And I think uh, that that's what we said at the beginning. This is what sparked us to do this this topic today on the podcast because we're talking about you have to understand the difference between being a true business owner and then just having a partnership and looking at how that impacts your money. Because I can tell you, 
uh, regardless of what Kanye is saying, his pockets are hurt. He's, he's, he's out there yelling and screaming, you still can't control me like JD and like you do Shaq. And he's still out there. He doesn't even, he hasn't learned a lesson yet. He's still out there trying to get the reactions and that shock value by dragging other people's name along with it. He's been a marketing genius by doing that his entire career, but he's not understanding that the rules are changing and there's some things that we're just not going to tolerate and allow anymore. You have all the uh, the Kyrie supporters and fans now whining and complaining. At first, they had the black fist up and like, yeah, black man, F Mr. White. But now they're begging and pleading like, this is ridiculous. They need to end his suspension. That man got a family to feed. He needs to come back to work. Once again, demonstrate that, yeah, Kyrie, you may think the earth is flat and you may think you're the smartest man in the room because you went to Duke. But you got some people that you report to, brother, and you don't follow their rules or they're going to just dismiss you. It's just that simple. I'm not saying that it's fair. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but that's the reality. You ain't one of the ones that got the real juice line you think you do. Now, do you have enough money to where you can pack up your bag and uh, hang up your sneakers and walk away from it because you're not going to buy it out to the man? Probably so. Absolutely. I would like to thank so. I would like to thank you got at least $80 million stashed away, and you don't really need to be in that spotlight anymore. But I can promise you this here is 2,000 brothers standing outside the arena right now ready to take that spot. So they ain't going to miss you. I can promise you that. Dead is dead. That was well said, Shy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was doing that. Are we losing listeners out there? Do I have people that are typing up some uh, angry emails telling well, me I'm going to sell out? Well, if y'all are, please do feel free to leave it in the uh, review of this podcast episode. Whether you like this or whether yeah. you disagree, we would love to just see y'all's feedback. That's the only way right now you can get in contact with us unless you go over there to that Patreon account. And that's uh, I Got Sense podcast on Patreon.com and sign up. Then you can, you know, we could converse about this all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, we, we love some feedback, uh, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, maybe you could teach us something new. Maybe you can give us a different perspective that can lead to another podcast. Um, but I'm just a messenger here. I've been around a long time, and um, I understand how this here works. Just because you got your own business and your business card say president, CEO, or owner, it doesn't mean that you don't have to answer to somebody else. 99% of us have somebody to answer to. Shit, I have to answer. I have to answer to about five different people, Andre. And then when I get home, I still got the big boss to answer to. <laughs> now, I, 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 can't, I can't even pick count how many times I've come home and I've had a shield, a Sheena McCurdy sitting there looking at me like I'm an idiot and then just after giving me a long, solid stare, like, why in the hell did you post that on Facebook today? <laughs> Why would you do something stupid like that? You know, we already got enough going on with this and this and this, and you trying to start this here, and you trying to get this over here, and all these people over here, they see your stuff on Facebook. You might have just messed all this here up over here. Even though you trying to be funny or whatever, you just have it fun. That little stupid shit you did don't make no sense. You need to take that shit off of that because you messing up my lifestyle, you know, you got Eliza and Savon and Sasha relying on you. You out here sucking up. <laughs> and oftentimes, 
when your woman speak up and come at you like that and chastise you like that, that's not the time to let your ego get in the way and uh, be a man to start chirping back. Um, that woman is there because she loves you and she's telling you something that you can't see because you're in the forest with the trees. She on the outside looking in and she can see how you're going in the wrong direction. And most of the time our women get on us like that um, they're, 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 they're right 99.9% of the time. So I have a lot of bosses that I have to answer to. I don't get up <laughs> and go punch stuff out the clock every day. Um, I don't have nobody telling me whether or not I can take leave or not. Um, I don't have nobody telling me that I can't be sitting in uh, Chicago, Atlanta next week and just work from there instead of uh, in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. I get the free wheel to go do what I want when I want. I uh, answer all my clients' phone calls, and I tell them I'll get to you when I can get to you. I have this slot available. I can't do it now, but I can get it done then. But at the end of the day, I don't have the infrastructure to tell nobody to F you. I got to jug all these here 12 crystal balls while I'm still drinking from a fire hydrant anyway and make it work and keep everybody happy. And I understand that. I'm not, I, I don't have that $80 million stashed away like a professional athlete to where I can say, you know what? I got enough. I'm tired of this here. I ain't doing this no more. I'm just going to hang it all up and walk away into the sunset. And I think that's where we as a people and a culture, we all collide because we have a lot of conflict within our culture about different things and ideologies. And I don't think we'll ever all be able to get on the same page as long as we have the free will and free reign to do what we want to do. Now, it was totally different just 60 years ago when we were still being discriminated against, when we were still being redlined and we were boxed in and we were all made to stay on our side of the track. It was very easy for us all to share the same sentiment and believe in and get behind the same ideology because we were all being on press. That's not the case anymore. We're all out doing our own thing and following our own path to get to where we want to individually be. And it's just uh, uh, very difficult for us all to agree about everything. And that's why we have so much conflict within our own culture um, about these things uh, with like, uh, you know, whether or not uh, Kanye is right or wrong, whether or not Kyrie should go back and apologize and meet those six conditions. You know, whether or not Barack Obama did something for black people when he was president. We can never get on the same page about that because we have uh, all our own uh, different ideologies about um, how things should should go for us black folks, especially uh, within our culture. Well, I couldn't agree Am with I, you more. Am I rambling on much? No, I... I, I... I don't have no rebuttal, so I I really couldn't agree more. <laughs> Ain't much I could really say to dispute that because I'm in the same I'm on the same page as you. <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact, we might have to start me. we might have to start getting some guests on there that got a difference of opinion because uh, <laughs> I yeah we do need yeah we do we do do need some guests to kind of counter what uh, I'm saying or what you're saying, especially if we both agree, but. Uh, let, let me run down the list of uh, some uh, uh, conflict within our culture that we all would never agree with. Um, you know, there's a good percentage of uh, 
us brothers out here in the community that believe preserving your street cred um, among the community in the hood is more important than making money. Now, who do you think has that ideology, Andre? Who do I think? Like, uh, what? Yeah, who do you think has that, that, that mindset and that ideology? I'd rather preserve my street cred among my people in my hood rather than go out and make some extra money. Shoot. Those who live you know, in the streets. Does Zane Dash, does Zane Dash come to mind? Yeah, rappers come to mind for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I, 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 I necessarily don't agree with that because I grew up poor uh, in the uh, project mm-hmm. down in uh, Duval County, Florida, and I thought that I was on the ground and out there hustling all those years, especially during my youth, to get out of the hood. So me. I don't believe in uh, uh, preserving my street cred. I don't need no rims on my car. I don't need no uh, earring. I don't need no diamond earring in my left ear. Um, I don't need no gold chains, and I don't need to sit around and uh, uh, smoke a blunt amongst my homies and stuff to feel like, you know, I got street cred. I don't believe that. I believe in getting up, working hard, doing what I can do to make my money makes even more money um, for me uh, trying to get home before dark and uh, planning dinner with my wife and uh, watering the grass and walking the dog. So I, I don't prescribe the uh, street cred. So uh, when things come up like the controversy uh, with Kanye, you're going to have those people that have that street cred ideology hooting and hollering and cheering him on and having his back 100%. And then you don't have me on the other side saying, no, my brother, you messing up a whole lot of money over there unnecessarily. There's a different way you can spend this here cash. But that that that's just one one uh, type of uh, conflict within our culture where uh, it keeps us divided and and we can never all come together uh, with unity and collectively build the culture and the black race itself and lift us up collectively as a people. Uh, you know, um, another one, I covered another one already, you know, uh, you can achieve maximum gain by playing the corporate game um, rather than trying to do it from the outside. And that's the ideology that Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, LeBron, and Shaq all share. They're not going uh, uh, to give up their hundreds of millions of dollars and all their business ventures and opportunities and sponsorships trying to keep it real and showing that they do it. They're going to be politically correct. They're going to be diplomatic about everything. And they're going to, they're going to think long and hard before they make statements because they understand that they're on a huge platform. They have a lot of uh, followers out there that can reach a broad audience. And then they also have partnerships um, with the NBA. So, you know, they believe that they're doing the very best they can for themselves, their family, and their people and community by being diplomatic and being within the game of basketball and playing uh, in the NBA and uh, making changes and impacts on that position rather than being on the outside. Like uh, uh, someone who would be on the outside would be somebody like, uh, do you remember Craig Hodges? Yep. Craig Hodges, he's on the outside. 
Yeah, he played for the Chicago Bulls, but he went to the White House and his Muslim draft, and he wanted to make a statement mm-hmm. on somebody else's platform. Uh, he never dribbled a basketball again in the NBA. Oh, and now that brother is living living in an apartment complex over in Long Beach right now. Wow. Uh, another brother, uh, uh, the Rock, uh, what's his name? Abdul, Rock, um, the basketball player? Yeah, Chris Jackson. Uh, was it? Um, basketball player out of LSU, but he was the brother that uh, denounced yeah, the American flag and uh, whenever they played the national anthem before games, he turned his back to the flag and put his hands up in prayer and prayed to Allah. You know, uh, your girl Brittany Griner, she kind of took a similar approach when she started denouncing the uh, uh, U.S. Constitution and the National Anthem and uh, started talking down on the U.S. Um, but now that she's uh, unfortunately over in prison in Russia doing nine years, uh, her, her, her wife, and the entire Phoenix community and the entire black community is yelling and screaming and don't understand uh, why the uh, U.S. government and the uh, president ain't doing enough to get a home. Yeah, so, you know, trying to fight from the outside is a whole lot tougher than being diplomatic and making moves and making changes and improvements while you're on the inside work. That one, that one I support. Um, let me see another one here, Andre. What's, a, what's another one where we have a conflict within the uh, uh, culture? Uh, what about this one here? Me and you talk about this here all the time. What about when we run across a June bug in them? I'm always <laughs> talking about if all the rich back people put all their money together, then they can fix this right here. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody want to count everybody else's money and tell them whether or not they've done enough. They mad because Dr. Dre donated $40 million to the uh, School of Performing Art over at USC, and they wanted to know why did he donate that to the, the, the HBCU. That money could have been better used over here. Uh, yeah. why, won't, uh, mm-hmm. why won't all the NFL players and all the NBA players pool all their money together and start a national black bank so that mm-hmm. we don't have to put our money in the white man bank? Everybody's talking about it. If somebody else do it, then this will happen. It sounds like who moved my cheese. You know what I will never understand, Shy? I will never understand how people can be, how one man can be in another man's pockets counting his money and telling him what he should be doing with his money when he ain't got half of the money that that brother got. Hey, uh, Andre, his brother's working at Subway, working down at the furniture store loading and unloading trucks. For $20 an hour that are sitting around talking about Kyrie and Kanye doing the right thing, even though they lose tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> it's crazy the way, and, and like I said, this goes back to me talking about the conflict within the culture. This is why we as a people can never get on the same page because we all came from the same oppressed system that enslaved all our ancestors. But some of us had better guidance. Some of us just were born with the natural instinct. And some of us have navigated much further along than others. So some folks are only three miles out of the gates of slavery, while some of us are 30,000 miles beyond that and uh, beyond infinity going forward. And so it's hard for us all now, now that we're not being uh, 
uh, overtly oppressed and enslaved, it's very difficult for us all to collectively come together and have one ideology like we did when we were all boxed in and lead-lined in. It's very difficult now. You know, what, 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 what about this one here, Andre? I think you and I both agree with this one here. What about uh, this ideology? Yeah, I've made it, uh, but how do I reach back and help others come up out of it too? Because I definitely can't stay back in the hood. Whose ideology do you think that is? Shoot, that sounds like you and I. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's Master P. That's, that's Snoop Dogg. That's Dr. Drake. They ain't trying to be back over in the right. hood because another ideology is you know, even though I made it, I still got to be here with my people because it's my hood. Whose ideology was that? Ah, that we know. Rest, in, rest in peace, uh, Nipsey Hussle. Shoot. He, yeah. he, he, he felt he had to be back in the hood amongst his people yeah. um, and help everybody else. But look what happened to him. So like I said, these are ideologies where there's two sides of a coin and we're never all going to agree. Right. Um, and, and I tell people all the time, we all have a price point that'll make us conform to uh, somebody else's rules and will. Um, but then we also each have a threshold amount of money um, that we can say, if I ever get that amount, then I can I can basically clock out and go home and let all this stuff go and do my own thing. Right. So, but we all got different numbers. Your number is totally different than mine because I was telling you, Andre, if I ever get to four point six million, brother, I'm out. <laughs> so I already got enough over here, and all I really need to do is park two million um, in a money market and let that earn two percent. And with, with everything else I already got, I think I'll um, be living off of about four hundred thousand a year. I'm good. I'm out. But you saying, yeah, my brother, you you done already hit that uh century note. I mean that I uh, have century note. I'm still trying to get to 30, I need about 40 million before I clock out. So, you know, it was we, a little more like 75, but <laughs> close enough. <laughs> yeah, we we all got that price point. And, you know, uh, sit back uh, thinking about uh, uh, Kanye and Kyrie with them being the uh, most recent uh, victims of, uh, you know, being canceled and um, being put in their place. Um, I hope them brothers are at that point where they got enough to where they can say, you know, F it and just go ahead and cut the lights out and uh, close the curtain and shut it down. I'm not sure if they're there, but I, I, I hope that um, they already have that kind of money where that option is already there for them to make two days right. if they need to. Right. And like, and, like, and like I've always told people, and I think I said it uh, earlier, Andre, I've had to tell um at least uh, four different professional athletes that I have managed money for and worked for before. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to tell four of them, you know, just because you're the richest person in the room right now, that doesn't make you the smartest person here. And what you're talking about ain't jiving with what I'm here to do. So let me give you all your shit back. They go all your passwords. They go all your papers. They go the contract. Let's set this contract up. I'm out, deuces. I heard that. I'm, I'm not here to be your bitch. You know, but <laughs> oftentimes off tonight. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, oftentimes, and I think that's kind of where I, I keep going back to uh, Kanye 
that's where he is. He's 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 got this level of arrogance now, yeah. uh, just like Antonio Brown, where yeah. they think they're convinced that they're the smartest person in the room, and they don't know any better. Yeah. And there's nobody around them that's willing to check them and put them in their place. And so it leads to them get too close to the edge, and then you end up falling off the edge, and now you're in a free fall. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they think their money dictates their ability. They think they think their money dictates their education level. I'm smart enough Absolutely. to make this amount of money, so you gotta be stupider than me. So I gotta be smart. So everything I gotta, everything I say gotta be right. But and speaking, that, and that's not <laughs> that's not true at all. I think at all, you can look at, you can look at history. You can look at all the data. You can look at all the statistics. Most of the people that are in the 1%, they were no more than a C student in school. And they just had the right idea or they were in the right place at the right right time. They collaborated and partnered with the right people and they stuck with something and they just uh, uh, um, put their head down and kept at it until their uh, innovative thoughts got them to where they needed to be. And it was just right on time. And so they ended up um, enriching themselves uh, beyond their wildest dreams. But, in fact, they were only C students uh, when you go back to the tradition of knowledge and education. And they end up going back behind all the A students that graduate out of the Ivy League school and the uh, the Howards and the top universities around the country. Uh, the smartest people in the room typically uh, end up just being um, employed because you have people that are in that 1% that are willing to pay them an absurd amount of money to come work with them. So, Shy, I got I got a question for you. Uh, I know we'll be wrapping it up here. Shoot. Anything that we haven't covered that you would like to cover before we dive into the book recommendations? Because I know you got a good one for this episode. Um, I mean, I, I, I made a note here of uh, some uh, notable people that are like business owners, but they don't have the infrastructure to marshal their own zombie. And I'm, I made a list of uh, people with, with uh, dark skin tones like us. So I, I just wanted to run down this here list because I think um, I unfairly uh, mentioned Kyrie and Kanye's name uh, uh, over the top tonight, but they're not the only ones that have gotten caught up like this. So these are these are just some notable names that have also been targets of cancellations because of something that they've done that upset um, the people that they're affiliated with and the big businesses that they partner with. Um, first of all, you have uh, you have Bill Cosby. We talked about uh, uh, Colin uh, Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Eric Reed. A lot of people don't even remember Eric Reed, but Eric Reed was a dude that sided with Kaepernick. He was the first one to kneel with Kaepernick and uh man they got him out of the NFL so quick uh um he left the skid mark. Um <laughs> you got well, a, a lot of people don't uh, uh realize that uh one of the reasons that Russell Simmons packed up and uh went over there I think he's in uh Bali, which is a little island right off of Singapore. Yeah. Uh Russell over in Thailand. Is over there. Yeah, he, you know, they were casting him. He he abused his power um, through sexual misconduct. Uh, kind of just like uh, Louis C.K. Um, did. Uh, you have Dave Chappelle. We all saw and witnessed Dave Chappelle criticize the 
um, LGBTQ community. Now he's Dave has put an infrastructure in place, and uh, he's set up in uh, Cleveland, and he's built a network of people where he survived that. But even we saw how um, after him um, being mistreated by uh, Comedy Central um, and making a big comeback, uh, once again, he criticized the hypocrisy of the uh, LGBT community, and they tried to cancel him. Um, you got Antonio Brown. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, how you pronounce the coach of the former coach of the Celtics who suspended. suspended. I- Ime Udoka. Yeah, and you got him. Uh, they canceled him out, of course. Uh, we talked about Kanye and Kyrie. We talked about uh, uh, Mark Mood of Deuce Raouf or Craig Hodges. Um, remember, they tried to cancel Janet Jackson. Remember the halftime show with her? And uh, even though uh, it was Justin Timberlake that ripped the shirt um, because it was her breast that showed, um, they canceled her. Remember, remember when that happened? Yeah, I remember when that happened. That's insane. Yeah, remember Jamea, he, he, she uh, criticized Trump when he was in office, and uh, ESPN canceled her. So she's off to on independent stuff now, and ESPN wrote her a check for $8 million when they when they canceled her, but she's off on her own doing her own thing. She doesn't have that national platform with Michael Smith anymore on uh, ESPN um, every night at 6 p.m. And then, uh, you know, look at how um, Monique was canceled. Mm-hmm. And Monique was basically canceled by her own people. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lee Daniels and Oprah and Tyler them pretty much put her in her place because she just had a bad, nasty attitude. She was disenfranchised about not making enough money off the success of uh, the movie Precious. But hey, she signed a contract to be paid $50,000 for that performance because it was a small independent film. <clears throat> she didn't know it was going to blow up. It did, and once it blew up, she wanted the powers that be to come back and say, hey, I know your contract says only 50000 but uh, here's an extra $4 because the movie done so good. That's not how Hollywood works right there. Right. Um, so those, those are just a few of the people within our culture um, that have been canceled. And, and, and it's not only us. It's um, people across uh, all nationalities and races, including uh, white folks. Uh, we've seen Jeffrey Epstein canceled, uh, Louis C.K., uh, Kathy Griffin. Uh, remember the Dixie Chicks uh, criticized uh, President Bush about the war in Iraq. They canceled them. Uh, Kathy Griffin uh, did a skit um, where she uh, chopped off Donald Trump's head and shot him. Um, canceled. And then uh, the latest one I've seen, we've seen from uh, um, the white community. Uh, remember uh, Amanda Bynes? Yeah, that's the one. That, the one that was a uh, uh, was she married or she just lived with a uh, what's her name Johnny Depp? Uh huh. <laughs> but she, you know, uh, she got canceled simply for being a a dope gold digger making fraudulent abuse claims against. Society said no, that's unacceptable. They canceled her. That, that wasn't uh, that wasn't Amanda Bynes, was it? Amanda Bynes is oh, what? from uh, what's her name? I know you're talking about uh, Amanda. Amanda Bynes, I believe, is uh, from all that. You talking about the most recent allegations towards him? Yeah, the one that, that they had a trial. Am I giving the let wrong name? This. Yeah, let me get her name up. Yeah, the it one that drug him. Heard last name heard. 
Yeah, the one that uh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yeah, Amber Amber Heard. I'm sorry. I was like, wait a minute, Amanda Bynes, she's the funny girl from (laughs) all that, from my generation. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about uh, Amanda Heard. She uh, she was basically just a gold digger and opportunist and made all those fraudulent claims against that man. And he uh, proved her wrong Mm. in a jury trial. And uh, I think she's going to be back at uh, Starbucks. making coffee for people. <laughs> but I just wanted to run down um, um, a list of very notable names of people and individuals that um, either they didn't care or they didn't understand the power of their platform, and then they used their freedom of speech to do something that was not um, acceptable and caused controversy for the bigger um, players that they partner and affiliate with, and as a result of um, their missteps and summoning the ball, they were pretty much canceled and put in that place. So, understanding, you know, that you're just a partner and you still have to answer to someone else, even though you own your own business and other people work for you, we all, most of us, um, have somebody else to answer to. There it is, there. And on that note, DJ Dividends, you got any uh, book recommendations for us? Yes, sir, man. Um, I got a great uh, book recommendation, and uh, this is one here that directly relates to what we talked about. Uh, the name of the book is uh, Reputation Capital, How to Navigate Crisis and Put Your Greatest Asset uh, and Protect Your Greatest Asset. Uh, so I messed that all up. Once again, let me see it. Reputation Capital, How to Navigate Crisis and Protect Your Greatest Asset. That's written by author T.J. Wynick. It's a great book. talks about firsthand knowledge of how the media works, and it addresses um, how you can uh, deal with scandal and universal do's and don'ts and effective responses and examples of how you go about um, identifying if you've made a misstep and if you need to apologize. And then how to even go about creating a strategy to apologize and how to use the right type of a platform to deliver your uh, apology. So that's a very great book. Uh, I've used that uh, for my own navigation through corporate America and uh, being one of these folks that allow, that's allowed in the uh, boardroom with uh, other people that don't have uh, dark hands like me. <laughs> that sounds like a great book. I'm gonna have to add that to the collection. Well, yeah, that's a good book, folks. Now, this man is serious. We did. We been serious today, huh? We haven't been joking around and goofing off. This is a very serious topic today. I hope the audience likes. That's why I said, folks, they just didn't say nothing. I was trying to see if I could hear my boys bounce off the walls because everybody left the room. But nah, all jokes aside, I do believe that the the audience enjoyed this one. Uh, This is definitely some stimulating conversation. So if you guys want to carry on the conversation, I encourage you, you know, let's go ahead and carry on this conversation amongst yourselves. And think, really give that some thought with what Sean was saying as far as being an owner versus being a partner. Um, if you're a service-based business owner, think about ways that you can build that infrastructure and start to expand so that way you can get a seat at the ownership table or just come to terms with the fact that, hey, there's nothing wrong with being a high-level uh, partner when it comes to business. Just understand 
what your role is and that's what it is you know don't be running around here acting like you the one percent when you ain't even a half percent so uh yeah right yeah exactly. <laughs> otherwise you exactly. might find yourself in a scenario similar to uh you know those names that we mentioned on this here podcast episode yeah, absolutely yeah we have to just understand that most of us have to answer to somebody else and that's just a fact of life ain't nothing wrong with it ain't no wrong with it at all. And, and before we dip off today i definitely want to remind you guys that we do have the i got sense patreon account so if you're looking to receive financial uh information financial advice from none other than dj dividends himself in addition to uh weekly updates on what's going on in the economy and so on and so forth go ahead and check out that uh patreon account become a patron it's patreon.com forward slash i got sense podcast and you can also find that information in the show notes absolutely i'm gonna have some great articles coming up over there because last week we talked about ftx popping up out of nowhere and uh silence of bankruptcy it's gonna be some more fallout in the digital currency world with crypto, uh, uh, cryptocurrency. So uh, I'm going to have some uh, great articles coming up that keep people abreast with that and uh, what moves they need to start making towards uh, 2023. There it is there, folks. In the meantime, y'all be safe out there, and we holla at y'all in the next episode. Peace. Peace out.